In a world of conflicting values, when questions are more common than answers, God's Word provides everything we need to live a God-centered, truth-driven life. Now, here's the Word for Life broadcast, brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Welcome everybody back to the Word for Life. Nice to have you here. Uh, I'm here with uh, lead pastor from Brookside, Pastor Ken Keltner. Good to be here That's with right. you, Jack. We're here with uh, with Bill Jones from New York City, and Bill was our first full-time pastor at Brookside, and he's also uh, um, with the New York Gospel Ministry out of New York City that he's been doing for quite some time. You said 18 years. 18 years we've been in the city. They're here for our missions conference mm-hmm. and uh, drove over from New York City, and they have been part of our missions program here probably from, from the very beginning when, when he moved on to Hendersonville, North Carolina. And as you heard in the last broadcast, then went, you know, saw God leading him, he and his family to uh, New York City. And so we're just glad to have you, Bill. We really, look forward to really open the door to the facility that they are using, even to this day, a real miracle story, too. And we also should mention that uh, as we've been studying the book of Joshua, we're in Joshua chapter eight. We're taking a break from that um, for our missionaries conference. Yeah, we want you to hear just as the God that Joshua was serving that was knocking down the walls of Jericho is the same God we serve today who can open up all kind of doors. And if you missed the last broadcast, go back and hear about how God worked with the uh, uh, the building commissioner there as uh, inspectors had had come and they were going to shut them down. And the only one that could reverse that was the building commissioner and God just brought the building commissioner right to to Bill when he was in the building and said, what's up? Well, I mean, what what an intro. <laughs> yeah, let him right out. Yeah. And so uh, we picked up two. We're picking up uh, where uh, you were going over your evangelistic ministry with the food pantries and the chapel that you have out there and uh, the relationship with uh, Trader Joe's that you've had. And uh, kind of pick up where where you were with that and kind of give us a little bit refresher on that as we get back into that. Well, you know, the New York Gospel Ministries has had a tremendous emphasis in evangelism. And we host mission teams and bring them to the city, train them in sharing the gospel, get them out in the open air, preaching in the parks, singing on the street corners. But another major component are our evangelistic services. And, you know, you look at the diversity of New York City. I tell people the whole world lives here, the whole world visits here, mm. walk around the blocks, walk around the world. And so you have these multi-ethnic people with all the different languages. So how do you reach them? Mm. Um, and so the Lord has enabled us to have six chapels in four different languages. And on Wednesday, we start our day at 9 o'clock in the morning with a chapel in Cantonese. And then it's followed by a chapel at 11 o'clock in Mandarin, and then a 1 o'clock in Spanish, and then an English chapel on Wednesday afternoon at 3. And then two more English chapels on Saturday. And so we have a, a, a strong partnership, the New York Gospel Ministries does, with the Covenant Mercy Mission, which has been the recipient for many years, nearly nine years, of donated food from Trader Joe's stores wow. in New York City. Wow. So how many Trader Joe's do you have? Because you have to go pick this food up. Yes, we pick up food every day. Um, initially, was one Trader Joe's store in Manhattan. And once again, it would take too much time to give you a God story on how we even wound up going to that Trader Joe's store. But mm. we began picking up 
from that Trader Joe's store. We began servicing that store. They had a small area where their donations went out and their food came in. So they needed people that would take care of them and get these donations. And so God whittled down 30 not-for-profit organizations and put us right in there as the only one picking up this food in their first Trader Joe's store in Manhattan. When they opened a second one, the manager said, would you do our donations? We said, yes. They opened a third one, will you do our donations? I said, yes. They opened up a fourth one, and I said, no. <laughs> we, we had enough food coming from these three stores, not only to service our food pantry, but we built a network of other churches. Wow. Hmm. Yeah participate in and they receiving were, this. And it was still abundant for all of those. Abundant for all of them. And now there are dozens of Trader Joe's stores all over the city and in the different boroughs. Yeah, the multiplication of the fish and the uh, and the loaves of bread, you know, wow. and you just yeah. see how God... And, but so when you pick this food up every day, then you have to have refrigeration, freezers. And so you, you put all of that, you put a lot of time and, and energy and money even into having all that up to speed, right? And you also said that you do this every day, right? Yeah, because we pick it's up such food a, every day. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it is a lot of work to set it all up. But, you know, I think one of the things that really moved me is in Deuteronomy chapter 10, God says he shows his love by giving food and clothes. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus said, don't be anxious about what you will eat or wear. Mm, yeah. And then James says your religion's worthless. If you can tell someone, be warm, be filled. Yeah. And so God began to work on our heart about how to love our neighbor mm. and help meet people's pressing needs. Mm. And so that, that that really is what the motivation is, is to love the neighbor and uh, to manifest beneficial deed uh, to a community that needs to know the love of God. You know, it's funny you even mentioned that. And, and then without love, we're just a gong. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. That's what, what Paul said in First Corinthians 13, for sure. A gonging symbol or something? Yeah, yeah. 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 Sounding brass, tinkling symbol there. So who does the speaking at these chapels? We have a missionary from Hong Kong. We just started the Cantonese chapel a number of months ago. We discovered that there were um, uh, Chinese coming that didn't understand Mandarin, but they understood Cantonese. And so this missionary, the American missionary, um, preaches in Cantonese. And so we use him in a video sermon. And not too long ago, he actually came in person. Hmm. And then we've been using another pastor, a Chinese pastor from Texas, to do our Mandarin service. And he's come a number of times to the city. Matter of fact, he was here just a week and a half ago okay. and preached in person. And we saw the Lord work in a tremendous way as he gave an invitation at the end of his chapel. And, um, so, and then we also have a missionary um, to Mexico who we use. And he, too, was here about a week and a half ago. So if they're not here, you're doing uh, like Zoom or uh, where they're videoed and they're giving the message. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes okay. we'll interact with them live. Okay. Well, that's awesome. And then do you do all the English? I do all the English, although now I have um, a staff intern and uh, he, he will do some of them. 
And so it's great training. We have New York Gospel Ministries has an intern program. We've seen about 35 different interns come through our program. Mm -hmm. And so he's doing some of the preaching in those English chapels. Yeah. So tell us a little bit on the uh, spiritual impact of what you've been able to experience with some of those who've come to the Lord. And maybe there's a story that stands out to you of, you know, maybe how someone's continuing to really grow in their faith or something along that line. Yes. uh, When we came across town from the east side, the people that owned the church building had allowed a church to use it for a number of years, Manor, Manor Community Church. And uh, the last member they had was the retiring pastor. And they asked us if we would help revitalize that Mm -hmm. church. Mm -hmm. And so we made a decision that we were going to start inviting people that came to the Lord from these chapel services to come to Manor. And so if you were to come to Manor, you'll see a congregation that basically has come out of the evangelistic chapels in our attending Manor. Um, a lot of first-generation Christians then. Yes, I would say yeah. yes. Wow. Yes. And uh, one comes to mind that uh, recently came to Christ, um, Joshua, big, tall man, uh, sense of humor. And I'll never forget the day when after our service we were having lunch together and sit at the same table, and he made a profession for Christ and then was baptized a couple weeks later. And... Um, Many, many stories of just God's grace touching the life of diverse people, and, and our believing community is very diverse. Mm. You mentioned very diverse, and even with the Jewish population. Yes, we, we have Jewish people uh, that come to our evangelistic chapels, and we have Jewish people that come to our Sunday service. Mm-hmm. You know, one in every 12 people in New York City are Jewish. Mm. And uh, so if, if you're going to and, – and, and most of them are not religious Jews. They're secular Jews. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they are easier to reach than your more religious Jews. Mm. But uh, we have uh, models of tabernacle furniture that we built a number of years ago that we use in the open air that it really starts conversations with Jewish people. You know, the parks are wide open. You can go into the parks, set up displays, mm-hmm. and it draws people mm-hmm. uh, to us. And uh, we have just seen, last time I was in Union Square Park, which is right there in midtown Manhattan, uh, within just a matter of moments, I had uh, Jewish people coming up, seeing our display, a conversation began. I'll never forget uh, one of the last ones I had with a Jewish man, and Lasted about 40 minutes. Wow. Hmm. And he had his Bible on his phone. And as we were talking, uh, I would quote uh, scripture or open up my Bible and show it to him. He'd read his Bible. And and a, a few times he would say, well, my Bible doesn't say that. And then I said, well, why don't you turn to the Hebrew and go ahead and read it in the Hebrew. And he would read it in the Hebrew. And it followed my translation. Hmm. <laughs> and uh, so you never know. Um, mm-hmm. How God God is going to work? Yeah, have you seen some some Jewish folks come to Christ? Then, uh, yes, we have. Yeah, and uh, I'll never forget an individual that had been attending a number of times, and then one day they came into the building. And they had a baseball cap on, and it said, "I love Jesus." Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, I mean that that would that's something that they don't really want to talk about much, you know, as a yeah. as a nation, which is sad. Yeah. 
But I tell you, Bill, what that just is so moving because I just continue to pray for for uh, the the Jewish people, for Israel, for Jerusalem, peace that they would experience yep. that peace, yep. um, and that they would have experience the peace that only Jesus Christ can give. And uh, I know it's a battle. That is a battleground for them. And I, I look and I think, well, the the Bible is a Jewish book, you <laughs> mm-hmm. know. I mean, what you have Luke, he was a Gentile. Any anybody else that you think of that was a Gentile in the writing of scripture, is it all it was all Jewish you know, Jewish authors that God was working through these yeah. uh, through his spirit to provide the word for us today and Jesus himself was Jew. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think one of the heartbreaking verses in all the Bible is he came to his own and his own received him not. Mm. And uh to see his people that that are special that have come to Christ through your ministry. And what is what is the Jewish how do you how do you say Jesus in the Jewish language? Yeshua. That's yeah. beautiful, yeah. isn't it? You know, Moses could not take him into their inheritance. It took Joshua Yeshua. Yeah. And what a picture there. Yeah, that is. That is a great picture. Well, I, we would love to uh, continue this conversation if you got time for, for one more uh, broadcast uh, because we. Uh, uh, the, the the burden, even maybe uh, when I was with you, learning just how you speak to folks of the Jewish background. And so we'd love to get into that on our next broadcast. So thank you so much for being here with us and listening today, and trust you have a wonderful day. We hope you enjoyed today's program. If you have a question we can answer, or would like information on the Word for Life, would like to donate to help continue to produce this broadcast, or need resources for your Christian walk, contact us at Brookside Baptist Church, 4470 North Pilgrim Road, Brookfield, Wisconsin, 53005. You can also visit us at brooksidebc.org. That's brooksidebc.org. Or call us at 262-783-6180. That's 262-783-6180. Thanks for listening today, and please tune in again as we bring the Word of God to your life.